Hey everybody, welcome to Alpha and Omega Leadership. Welcome, I am your host, uh, Pastor Wade Roof from Mount Tabor Lutheran Church in West Columbia, South Carolina, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to have our guest today, uh, Pastor Carl Taylor, and it's so good to say Pastor Carl Taylor, because uh, yes, that's a kind of a new thing for you. Yes, it is. Outstanding. It is a new thing, especially in the... Well, in the Lutheran Church. In the Lutheran yes, Church. Yes, that's right. I have been uh, striving to get to this point man you're here uh you're serving right now um you're pastor of uh living springs lutheran church uh you're in a um uh team setting there with um eric fink correct correct yeah correct. yeah he's awesome too and i love that church because uh as, as you know i've i served my internship there living springs lutheran church in, in columbia south carolina and it's a it's just an incredible place and with some incredible people so i'm a little jealous that, that you get to, you get to go be with them for more than a year that i got to spend so yes yes it was a a, a strange story back in 2006 when i first came here that was the first place my wife wanted to take our daughters really so you, you that was the first place you connected into before you before I even started any of this That's process, awesome. and they had a waiting list that was really, really long, and so we wind up taking them to another another school. But just to imagine that we've come full circle, sure, you know, in all this time, and a waiting list not to get in for Sunday service. That's He's talking that. about preschool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a waiting. Oh, list. Oh yes, yeah. yes, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Carl, one of the things that strikes me so deeply and and that i love about you is your love for the word Mm -hmm. and your love for the the act of preaching to unfold that word to god's people and that's that's one of the reasons i invited you on here that and i just love you as a person so um uh and that you and i just will not spend any dead time no talking won't be no dead time no (laughs) dead time at all so but but to think through um you know this podcast is about leadership and how people out there, how pastors and roster leaders, deacons and lay leaders and council presidents and, and just leaders in, in churches are are pushing God's people forward, pushing the church forward and, and, and finding that direction that the Spirit is calling them in. How do you carry that out in this world? And for you, I see that so clearly in your love and your desire and your gift of, of unfolding that word to God's people. And so that's kind of where I want us to start today. But um, Maybe we should start back with that first comment we made. You are new to the pastorate in the ELCA, but not new to being a pastor. Oh, no, I've been pastoring in, in, in the church since 2006. Yeah. You know, just to give you a short snippet of my story, started out uh, in a non-denominational church in Heidelberg, Germany. In oh, wow. Heidelberg, There's Germany. the twist of that. Yes, yeah. in Heidelberg, Germany. Uh, go figure now. Here I am Lutheran now. I started out in Heidelberg, Germany. <laughs> Yes, I have been to the council for everybody that's thinking. Of, yeah. uh, you know, I have been to Worms. I've been every place that Luther has walked. <laughs> I have been there. So uh, it's amazing how God starts you out on a journey. But started out in a non-denominational church. And then uh, uh, when I left Germany, came to South Carolina. Uh, God, God and that was through the military. Through the military, yep. retired military. Uh, God kind of put me in a, in a Baptist church, Cornerstone Baptist Church, not too far from here. And served in that capacity there for six years as the associate pastor there and um, uh, running things and took a hiatus. Sure. God God told me to leave, but God didn't tell me where to go. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like Abraham. Just go. Just go. And so I was kind of had what we would call my wilderness experience. Sure. Having that wilderness experience, uh, 
I guarantee everybody listening to this open walk through that some type of wilderness. Yeah, experience. you yeah. got to, and it just, it just happens. And going through that, uh, God kind of humbled me because I was arrogant. Mm. I was arrogant in ministry. I was arrogant in knowledge. I was arrogant in how I carried myself. And the ministry became more about Carl Taylor wow. than about God. And sure. God kind of gave me a big old slice of that humble pie and kind of left me out there in the wilderness kind of like those Israelites just walking around with the promised land being right there, but they so confused they can't even see it. And and, and, and the, the goal that God had for me was right there in front of me, and I couldn't even see it. Sure. And it wasn't until I wound up at a at a, a upstart church, a Christ Mission, which was a synonically authorized worshiping community. Yeah, we talked about socks the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, with Pastor Cannon over there trying to get this, bring this African-American Methodist church in with Christ's mission, trying to form them too. So I wind up going over there and wind up liking it. And it was, you know, Lutheran at the heart and just fell in love with it. Yeah. Pastor Cannon said, well, Carl, I think you need to go back to seminary. And uh, (laughs) we went to seminary and all of a sudden everybody's talking about this one word, Wade, this one word Mm. that, that I haven't really paid that much attention to. In, in my life, and that one word is grace. Grace, yeah. Grace, and how God's grace is freely given to each and every one of us, and there's nothing we have to do to earn it. Sure. And I just got sucked in by that and, and living in that and feeling that because that's been a, an integral part of my life all along, which I didn't know, and just felt good and started my Lutheran journey. Yeah. And I have a little back. You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, a couple years ago, and I can't I can't remember the speaker. I can't remember. I, I really don't remember much around what I'm about to say, except for this one specific thing. We had a speaker at one of our Senate assemblies, and um, it, it, kind of big focus. I, I want to say it was probably around um, 2017, around the 500th anniversary, but it could have been a couple years before, a couple years after, whatever. But their their role was to kind of come in and talk to us about our identity as Lutherans in the larger context of the church and and they talked about they talked about word and sacrament they talked about they talked about all kinds of things they didn't talk about grace yeah and i remember several pastors sitting around the tables that i was sitting at kind of kept looking at each other saying when is the grace piece going to be here now to redeem that story a little bit, they did end with that at the very end. But I mean, for two and a half days, we're sitting there saying, "Like, yeah, but there's more. There's more. There's there's a reason we have word and sacrament. There's a reason. Yeah, this has got to be it." And I mean, and maybe that was their their plan all along to frustrate the crap out of us so that we would talk about it. But uh, uh um, but finally, they got to this piece about our central identity as just the people of God coming and looking at our our faith through a Lutheran lens, right? It's just grace. It is. It's grace. And I'd be remiss to say that our role as pastors, rostered leaders, leaders in the church, period, is to communicate that to God's people. That's the main role, and we should. And, you know, it's 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 amazing because the Lutheran church exudes that out. Uh, we, we carry that wherever we go. Uh, my contention that i have is sometimes the lutheran church is caught up into this little bitty bubble sure and we inside of this bubble and we're happy in this bubble we we sometimes don't know how to break out of that bubble 
But then well, we've some, always done it that way. When someone pops that <laughs> bubble yep. and start, you know, pushing us and, and guiding and moving us and, and, and out into the community, we start seeing more of everything that we've talked about inside the bubble now being act out in the community, ever moving forward, creating uh, an innovative and, and good church that works in the community. When that happens, then we really understand how far God's grace really goes. That's right. Well, one of the things that we pulled, uh, our, our council is going through a book study right now, uh, reading the book, Canoeing the Mountains. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's one you've read yet or not. I but haven't read that one. It wasn't written for COVID time, but gosh, it is, it hits it dead on the head, mm-hmm. right? You know, the church is called into this new adventure. This church, the church is called to be this new creation. And one of the points he makes the other day that I've actually brought in and we've been exploring as a Sunday school as, in some of my preaching and some of the things I've been doing lately is, that, you know, in the story of, of Abraham, mm-hmm. God says, I'm going to set this family apart. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say, I'm going to set you, and, and I think our thought process of being set apart is like, you get set over here away from everything else. Right. He's like, no, <laughs> like, no, no, I've blessed you mm-hmm. to go be a blessing to the nations, to go back into the very thing I just pulled you out of, and to share that blessing, my blessing, God's blessing, with with every, well, it says to all nations. To right? all nations. And Correct. so, you know, the the book is kind of leading us to this place where it's saying, what's the the next form of church going to look like, maybe it looks a whole lot more like that, mm-hmm. uh, being a blessing so that we can go be a blessing or, or receiving a blessing to go be a blessing. Right. right? Um, and, and man, that has created all kinds of conversation around, well, then what does that look like? How do we go do that? You know, and that, that's amazing because you, you say that. And, and one of the conversations I've had with, with uh, pastor Eric is, you know, we, we don't want to do church the way we did church oh anymore. gosh i know that's right we have to evolve out of this pandemic into what i call the new church yep the new church of reaching people uh the new church of of being church but not being church inside of brick and mortar being church outside and how do we do that how do we reach those that haven't previously been reached yeah well i, I certainly think covid has been the tilling of the ground for the seed to be planted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure y'all saw the same thing. We're seeing some stuff right now in, uh, well, well, all through COVID with online worship and all these kind of things that people, unchurched people, people oh, that might have been hurt by the church for whatever reason are not entering the doors of the church pre-COVID are tuning in. They're listening. They're looking for, they're searching for something. Mm-hmm. Um you know, one of the biggest criticisms I've ever heard from the church or about the church around 9-11 was that we didn't have anything to say after 9-11. Right. That, that everybody came back looking for this word of hope, and the church failed. You know, the church did not lay down this this message of good news of, of Jesus Christ to, to God's people. And, you know, one of the things I've kept in my mind throughout COVID was we better have something to say. We have to. We have to have something to say. And— and, you know, you, you touched on something just a, a few seconds ago when you talked about online ministry. One of the things that, that I have done uh, religiously since before Easter last year was my Facebook online ministry. Yes. And it, it's, I've watched a good bit it of it. Yeah. It started out, you know, with with no, no nobody. 
just me preaching the word and I got frustrated and discouraged. I'm just like, God, why do you have me doing this? Because <laughs> no one is really paying attention. I'm not getting any views. I'm not getting any likes. And you know, in the spirit and then you said, were faithful every Sunday. Yes. Right. And I still am. Yeah. And I keep it going because, you know, when I go back and actually look at who said what, I have people from all over the world chiming in throughout yeah. the week. Yeah. And, and so my purpose now is, is if I can just reach one person. Sure. Just one person. If it if this word that comes forth reaches one person every Sunday, one person, that's fifty two Sundays. Yeah. That's fifty two people a year. Yeah. And that's the kind of math that we have to pay attention to, right? Mm-hmm. Because one person we get frustrated if it's one person, one person, one person, one person. But that's four people. Four people. And if we can see the math in those kind of ways, um, the process of moving the kingdom forward, then there's our steps. That's our steps. There's our steps. Because if we, you know, I've been around people that, that preach to the numbers. I remember one time, uh, someone invited me to preach at their church. I got ready to preach. So we're going to have Mac, you know, numbers, people are going to be here. We expect you to come. It was a, it was a two o'clock service. And I got there. It was three people in the church. Mm. Three people in the pew. I preached like it was 5,000. Sure. And I think if we really just think about preaching the word and sending the word forth and stop worrying about the numbers, the the word never comes back void. Well, the that's thanks be to God, right? Uh, the, and the, the, the scripture that comes to mind with that is that, that our role then, I mean, we, we actually get freed up in scripture because mm-hmm. – the word doesn't say, Carl, go go find all these people, bring them here, you know, then preach to them and then send them out. You know, the word in Acts 2 is, and God added to their numbers daily, mm-hmm. right? God added to it. God, God did the pulling in and the connecting and all those kind of things. You know, the disciples were there to carry out what it meant to be the church then. And, um, and that's what I think we have to remember. But how many people would have walked out and saw three people and go, eh. It's not worth my time. I'm just going to give a half effort today. Yes. You know, how many people would have done that? How many people look at that and say, you know, all we have is three, right? Um, one of the, one of the, and, and this is not a Wade Roof thought. This is something I gleaned from another pastor, but, but one of the, the stories that I've come to cling to so deeply is, is the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and, and that kid that brings up and says, you know, here, here's what I have, mm-hmm. right? And the disciples, you hear them, they're like, all we have is, what, five loaves and two fish or something that's like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all, all we, we got. got. And Jesus takes and says, y'all, what we have is five loaves and two fish or that's whatever, right. you know, three fish or whatever it is right off the top of my head. Uh, you know, he's like, he sees the same exact thing in a completely different light. Different manner. And then uses that to feed 5,000, right? Like, this is what we have. And, and so to... Um, to walk out and see, you know, most people would say, all we have is three people. I'm sorry. No. All we have is three people. We three have people. three people. We have three people. We have three people. Let's do it. Let's I do got, something. I got three people. I got three people that's about to hear this word. Yes, sir. You know, I'm I'm, fin- I'm excited because I, I get to give this word to three people. That's right. But I've also preached to the pew. Sure. Now, I know I've been in some places where there have been some anointed pews because there's just been nobody there. Yeah. And I think that... If you if you are faithful in speaking the word, if you if you're faithful in 
putting God's word out into the atmosphere. You know, the Bible says power in the tongue. Mm. If we if we are faithful in doing that religiously and not thinking about ourselves individually, then the word goes forth, like I said, never comes back void. And we don't know where that word is going to go. That's right. We don't know who that word is going to touch. And we would we can be amazed that sometimes people come back and say, Hey, Pastor Carl, I saw I, I heard you. And that really touched my, that really, I didn't come in, but that really touched me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, thank you, God. It yeah. gives me the, the motivation to continue because I see God's work. I see it. I have a, have a God moment, a God story to tell just about every day because somebody is coming to my life and say, the word blessed them. Not Pastor Carl. That's right. I'm just a servant. That's right. Not me, the word blessed them. That's right. You know, I know I would say most preachers, I won't probably say all preachers, but I think most pre- pre- uh, preachers are going to do some type of praying before they enter into that moment of preaching, mm-hmm. right? Um, mine is normally done, and I'm not talking about with the whole community. I'm mm-hmm. talking about right before you go to deliver, there's some type of prayer that's happening in you. Um, and and mine happens during the gospel acclamation. When that music's playing and, and people are singing about the word being lifted up in the middle of them, um, you know, there's a moment of, of a little bit of prayer before I enter into the pulpit. And, um, and, and my prayer is very similar every time, but it's, you know, something like, God, get me out of the way. So what they hear is you, because you know so often it's like let me tell you what I'm going to say, yes. you know, and and guys like no, just tell them what I said, like That's right, you know what I mean, and and, uh, and it's like get me out of the way, so what they hear is you, uh, not my stuttering, not my southern drawl, not my whatever yes. it is that might separate you from your people, like somehow put that out of their hear ears so that they hear the word. And you, you know, it's, I, I laugh when you said that. And a big old smile came across my face because that's exactly what I do. My and I do it before I get there. Yes. And yeah. Then, and then once I get there, I in the in the prayer, I always before I preach, I say, you know, now God, bless the word. Come, Holy Spirit, less of me. Yep. And more of you. Yes. And everybody would tell you that's my intro, and I'm ready to go because then I have just taken me out the equation. Yes. And I'm about to have fun. That's right. Because the gospel, you know, it, it sometimes it cuts you like cutting butter. <laughs> and sometimes it, it heals you up and makes you laugh. But I'm about to have fun with this word. That's because right. Because God has given it to me for somebody to receive something out of it. Yeah. And it may not be the whole message. Somebody just gets one part of the message. Like I remember a couple of Sundays ago, I had this little this little saying throughout the throughout the message that said, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep it 100 because 99 won't do. And after church, everybody kept saying, Pastor Carl, we're going to keep it 100. Keep it 100. Because 99 won't do. <laughs> so you, you never know how the word affects each person individually. Our job is to go forth and do it. Yep. And not make it about us. That's right. I see too many times when pastors make the word about them to enhance them, to set them apart from the congregation. That's right. When that's not the... That's not what we're supposed to do. Well, and, and I would I would venture to, to think that most of our colleagues that might be listening to this have seen and experienced, whether it's in their own church or are watching a colleague do it, it's, it's a lot more clearer when somebody else does it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But, you know, what are the things that, that lead to failure in the ministry? I mean, it's 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 all self self it's it's all about when it's when it's made about who you are versus 
the people or mm-hmm. what we're trying to do together or those kind of things. Yeah, I can I can name people. I'm not going to on this, but I can name colleagues of ours that you you're sitting there watching them crash and burn because they've made it about themselves. They've right. made it about what they're going through or what they're struggling with. And and I will tell people in my in my part of my preaching is you know I'll tell people you know listen all you got to hear today in the message is what I've been wrestling with in my head. Mm-hmm. I've just done it out loud for y'all because I feel like if I'm wrestling with something, y'all probably are too. Right. Um, if if I've heard the word in a certain way, you might have heard that same word in that way. And what does this mean for us? And what does it mean for us together? And those kind of things. But but at the end of the day, it's really about unfolding this gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I love the Lutheran Church and the fact that we have these seasons that direct our preaching. Mm-hmm. That we have this lectionary, if you use it, that helps direct our preaching. It 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 only directs towards specific things in our lives, but it's stuff that we're going through. We're we'll going through it exactly, you know. And uh, and I think our started setting apart then to be a blessing. To kind of go back to that is is just the ability and the training and all that stuff to get up and the confidence, right? Mm-hmm. To get up and say it out loud in front of people, um, because there's something powerful about hearing the word. I don't know what it is. Reading the word's fine. All those things is important. Hearing, the, hearing word. the word. Yes, hearing the word and hearing. But, but sometimes we have to sit still mm. when we hear. We can't just hear the word and just go. We got to sit still and, and wrestle with that word. I mean, right. I, I, last Sunday, uh, I decided I wanted to preach. I know I'm not going to say that. I didn't decide. I had a sure. whole sermon laid out with, you know, John, you know, we, everybody preached John 15 that's right. through 17. I mean, that's, that's where we were going. That was, that was an election. Was, yeah. I had a sermon already written. I'm done. I'm ready to go. God says, no, I want you to talk about something else. Mm. So we go to second Timothy and we talk about Paul talking to Timothy and says, and he says this in verse five, he says, this is, I know you, mm. I know you because of what your grandmother and your mother poured into you. I know the type of spirit you are paraphrasing the verse, yeah, and, sure. but but I took that and I'm like, wow, I never really thought about this is going to be mother's day and how much our mothers have poured into us. I'm like, okay, God, Gave me the scripture, gave me a little working knowledge. Now you got to put it on this paper, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened over a series of time. And you know, we, we we let that message come out, but then my mother in law heard it, mm. and she came uh, when she came to the house. She was like, "Wow, that was beautiful," because the, the thread through that sermon was "Mother knows best." Sure, and I and when we look at that, we see the family dynamics. And we do see how much mothers pour into their children. Yep. And when they pour the life blood of Jesus Christ into that kid, that permeates inside of us. So no matter where we go, that's inside of us. Yeah. And no matter what we do, eventually Christ comes out of us. Yeah. And it came out of it came out of me in, in my walk. Look at what I'm doing now. Yeah. Because I know where I could have been with. That's right. Oh. Oh, I know where I probably should have been. Yes. Uh, and and thanks be to God, I got pulled out a few of those ditches along the way. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a story in my life I tell a good bit. Um, a true story. My wife is from Russia, mm-hmm. and um, she came to this country as a foreign exchange student. Um, worked through citizenship. There's a, that's a whole different conversation. But we got there, and and uh, 
Um, but I remember as we were starting to date and we were starting to kind of come together and think about marriage and, and this sort right. of thing. Um, in fact, I think we might have already been married at this time. It was either right before we got married while we were engaged or right after. But mm-hmm. either way, same difference. Um, she came to know Jesus through the Baptist Church. She came to know Jesus through contemporary worship. She came to know Jesus through off-the-cuff praying and off-the-cuff preaching and all of these kind of things that um, – just wasn't my tradition growing up. Right. And so when when I'm going through seminary, she's entering into a Lutheran church that, you know, has all the liturgy and has all the prayers that have been around for hundreds of years. And, you know, and she's like, I'm not sure this liturgy touches me in, in ways. And so we had lots of discussions around all of this stuff. And um, But there was, a, there was a moment where we were in worship at the seminary, and it was time for the creed. And she grabs her book, and she starts flipping through. And she's been going with me now. I mean, it was over a year. I know mm-hmm. it was at least over a year we've been doing this. And she she starts flipping madly trying to find page 105. I don't mm-hmm. know what page is <laughs> on. But uh, uh, she's looking quickly. And, and I finally, I just kind of took the book. I said, you know this. You know this. And so we started going through it. And mm-hmm. At first, you know, it's like, all right, we believe in God. And then all of a sudden, she starts picking up. Right. And she doesn't miss a word the rest of the time. And she's like, holy crap, I didn't know that. Mm. I said, yeah, because it ain't, it ain't here. It ain't in your head. It's down here it's in, your heart. in your heart. It's down here in your heart. That's where it is. It's where it lives. I said, that's why you can pray the Lord's Prayer right now and the creed and the, you know, you could, you can roll these things off. And, and, and we, that led into all these conversations about how this liturgy, just sinks down into you how the word sinks down into you you know when i get to confirmation class i look at kids and i'll say you know we, we in fact we were doing it this past weekend what's your favorite bible verse and they'll go oh don't ask me that i don't know what you said tell me what it says and they said well i can't quote it but tell me about what it says mm-hmm. and what it says is written right on their heart mm-hmm. and they go oh well you know the one about you know and they rattle something off right. one said something the other day you know they're like God given his only son. I was like, oh, John 3, 16. Yeah, that one. But like what they had on their heart was God gave his only son. That's right. Like, you know, and, and God so loved the world, you know, that kind of thing. And um, when we realize those things are on our hearts, they just live there. They're written there. I mean, that's Deuteronomy 6, right? It's written on my heart that um, it's carved into my forehead. This, yes. You know, this it's this it's this identity, right? That That, that, that word then... I think something about going through the ear, you know, hearing that word ignites mm-hmm. those embers that are right there ready to be set that's, loose. You know, well, that's a couple of things I like about the, the, the Lutheran liturgy and, and how we have it shaped and formed and how we go through it every Sunday to where it's just indoctrinated and it becomes part of us. Part of it. And that's right. We, it goes wherever we go. It, it, wherever we go, it doesn't change. You can walk in any, just by any Lutheran church and, and fall right in sync because it doesn't change. You know, but however, on on the other side of that, I'm so glad that we do have the opportunity to to change. We have the opportunity Absolutely. to, yeah. you know, not take 500 years <laughs> and continue to press on for 500 more years doing the same things as if we are a robot. Sure, we have the opportunity to to add flavor to add. As I say, a little bit of seasoning. We can put a little garlic salt over here, a little cayenne <laughs> pepper over here, and that's what I like that. The liturgy gives us the opportunity to be able to do that. Well, and the creative process of the sermon—that's mm-hmm. where that can be set on fire. Yes. I mean, it's, that's where the cooking happens. If you yes. want to keep that metaphor going, um, 
you know, to have to have plenty of space and freedom to take that word and unfold it in the midst of God's people in ways that they can digest and 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 it sets them on fire. I mean, it just it does. And and going back to what I was saying, that liturgy, yeah, it goes from place to place, but it goes with us out into the world. Yes. And so what you're talking about is just finding new ways to bring that into our hearts. Yes. To write it deeper into our hearts and stuff. Uh, um, and so I, I'm with you. I think change is the one thing, while it might be hard and we fight against it, it's the one place that causes real growth. And you know what else is, you know, since we're talking about that aspect of it and, and the way the cooking actually starts is in the word. I mean, but think of it like this here. I have become so fascinated with communion mm. because no real presence, the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ right there with us to the point to when I'm in the process of God using me as a distribution agent mm. of his body and blood, I take that so personal. Sure. And when I'm, when I'm looking at somebody that's, you know, wait, this is the body and blood of Jesus Christ given and shared for you, yep. for you, for you, not for everybody else that's in line, not for everybody else that's coming, but to write that being in that personal space with you yep. is, 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 that God allows me to do. I'm almost getting chill. I know, right, right. right. About it. Well, I mean, Ooh. Luther shook, right, <laughs> presiding over his first to the point he spilled the wine, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, for those of you that 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 aren't rostered, that you, if you're a council president or something, know this is what's going on in the hearts of your leaders yeah. as they stand up to preside to distribute. Distribute communion to do those kind of things. This is Jesus Christ in Jesus our midst. Jesus Christ. Yes. And that God allows us to be in this sacred space as a servant, feeding his sheep, is is an honor that's unsurpassable. Yes. And I and I relish in that every day that God allows me to do that. Not not some I know it all, want to be all no, I'm sure. this great grand person. You know, I'm a I'm a humble servant that God allows to be in this space. Yep. And I take it, I take that seriously. And I see a lot of other people that do also, they just, this, but I've also come from areas where it's been almost like an assembly line. Oh, sure. Yeah. Here, 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 you know, the blood here, the body here, the body here, the blood here. And it's just gone. Let's get this over with. Yeah. But, but in the Lutheran church, no matter where I have been, that's been a very intimate and personal Yep. time because that body and blood is being shared and given to you. Yep. That's the part that I missed so much during COVID. We we figured out ways to do mm-hmm. communion. We've using the little prepackaged things right. and all this kind of stuff. And it's fine. It's it's getting us through and it's feeding us and we're still receiving but to look someone in the face yeah. less than six feet away. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and and say and to put food in their hand and yes. to drink in their hand and and, and to proclaim that that gospel of for you, mm-hmm. you know, is, is just powerful. I will tell you a story that happened to me on internship at Living Springs. <laughs> um, I grew up that way too. And it always meant something when the pastor called me by name, mm-hmm. Wade, this is the body of Christ given for you. And so I really worked hard on internship and have here too, um, to learn people's names so that I can proclaim that for them in each, in each year. But as you know, Living Springs has a ton of visitors that yes. come through. I mean, a ton. And so what I would start doing is so that I wouldn't 
offend one person that was a visitor, I would stop naming people two or three people before I'd look down the line and see, oh, there's a visitor there. I need to, I need to pay attention to that. So, um, and if you were standing next to a visitor, I wouldn't say your name necessarily. I would say the body of Christ given for you and the body of Christ given for you so that I normalize that for somebody coming maybe for the very first time. Right, right. I know there are some pastors that will just say, tell me your name. You know, they'll, they'll just ask and these kind of things. but I tried, you know, I was trying to figure some things out. So, uh, so there was this one lady who I think three weeks in a row was standing very close to a visitor. Mm. And so I knew her name. I'm not going to say it here, but I, I did know her name. And, uh, um, but I, I wouldn't say it during communion and she was so offended, so offended. She came to the senior pastor at the time. She was like, he will not say my name. Why will he not say my name? Which reinforced how powerful it is to say, say the name, name, right? Yes, it is. Um, because there's so much implied in the name. I, I know you. We have a relationship. You know, all this right. kind of stuff. Um, so I, I felt so bad. I mean, it was such a big learning moment for me, too, about mm-hmm. the perception of how people take things. And so, so I went to that person, and I begged for fair forgiveness. <laughs> I begged him. I said, this is why this happened. Oh, I thought you didn't know me. You know, yeah, and, and it was like, that. oh, my gosh, no. Like, your daughter's in the youth group. And, not, you know, all these kind of things. I'm like, no, I know you. And, it, I mean, it worked out great. But, like, I mean, but not – and not even offended, like, hurt, mm-hmm. right? I mean, not just like, oh, you you hurt my feelings. Like, like deeply hurt that there was not some connection there that she had hoped there would be. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no. It just is imagine there. that. You know, I'm, and, think, I'm thankful for now that we have uh, – we have instituted name tags. So everybody has to wear a name tag now. Yep. So the visitor gets a name tag. Oh, nice. And and, and I'm so in tuned. Just so like your the, people will wear it too. Yeah, they'll wear it. Oh my gosh. It. So so when I go through the line, what a gift! Everybody comes through. I say their name, and it really helps me as a new pastor there yeah. to try to you know familiarize myself with everyone. But that still that 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 name calling, people want that. They want they, to see, hear their name called. That this that this body and blood, these this the sacramental elements that we're giving to them. Is for them. Well, and how that connects to even things that may not be, you know, even things that are going on in their head, like, well, is my name not in the book of life? I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, it goes that far. I mean, yeah. that's where that hurt actually goes to that extent, not just, oh, the pastor don't want to call him out. You know, it's so much more than that. So you're embodying Jesus doing that, too. Yeah. So not only are you handing them Jesus and fulfilling them with Jesus, but you're you're representing Jesus, yes. right? And that's a, uh, I don't know, I can't speak for anybody else, but that's a time that is so personal to me. I'm almost, I'm almost in tears Yes. when I'm doing it. And when I, whenever I think about it, I just think of how personal that is because it takes me back to the night in which he was betrayed mm. and everything that happened all the way to the cross. We, we, we struggle with just a little bit of pressure yeah. on us. Yeah. Jesus carried the weight of the world on him literally with, with the hope that we would come running, but I'm glad that he's still chasing. Yes. Yes. He carried the hope that we would come running. <laughs> and I'm glad that he's still chasing <laughs> all the way to the cross. And, 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 yes. and, and that's, that's, that's personal because I understand, I get it. I get what Jesus went through. Well, and thinking about Jesus chasing, mm-hmm. 
inviting us to fall behind and chase with him, right? Uh, you know, to, to kind of bring this back to this idea of the word is, is where leadership comes out of. Exactly. Because not only, and, and, you know, in thinking about this podcast today, I was thinking like, you know, Carl's going to talk to us about when he unfolds how we're changed and then, you know, we leadership happens. But it's, it's so much more than that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's Jesus chasing, inviting us to chase. So we start in the very word and out of that comes the relationship. It can't happen the other way, right? That cannot. Yeah, I mean, it's superficial if it happens the other yep, way. It's exactly. it's not it's not the relationship God is inviting us into to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. It's not the loving our neighbors ourselves. Not until it starts with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you, you you talk about leadership, and and leadership in the church. What I I, I want to say this very candidly, and and I really hope people don't take offense to it. I still believe that even post graduation, post seminary, there should be more education sure. in leadership. Carl, that's why we're doing this. Leadership, leadership, to be a leader, to guide a ship, leadership. Yep. We have to, we're not formed in seminary to be leaders. We're formed to be pastors. Mm. And if you and you would think being a pastor, you're going to actually be a good leader. You can be one heck of a pastor. You can, sure. you can be pastoral all the way through and through, taking care of, of people, loving on people, preaching and teaching the word, but not being an effective leader. Yeah. And yeah. I believe that we are we are lost when it comes to leadership. And, and because we are so lost in the fact that we don't have good leadership training, some of our leaders kind of fall by the wayside. Well, and I think... I think what has worked for the last 30 to 50 years is just not working anymore. No. And it almost stopped working overnight, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I think we can look back and see the progression. But when we were in it, it was working, and then it didn't. It didn't, didn't work. And, 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 you know, not to have – and not that anybody else really knows the answer either. But no. at, at the same time, not to have real conversations around what does it mean for all of us, the whole church, to make this shift mm-hmm. – um, you know, I think Mark Tisworth is doing a heck of a job writing books and, and speaking and doing things. I know he's, he and I have had many conversations about what that shift looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of plugging his book shift right now, but, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, to have that, um, to have that kind of shift, but at the same time, you know, without this kind of ongoing thing mm-hmm. and other companies have it, uh, it's not that, it's not that, you know, Mount Tabor's not doing it, but everybody else. I mean, it's it's across the board in the mm-hmm. church that we just kind of we get done with seminary and you're cut loose out in this world into all kinds of different contexts. Right. Yet with and then good luck. Mm-hmm. Call us if you need us, guys. And that, you know, I've, I've talked to people across the country that that are friends of mine, and and some of the things that that we talk about is you know, not, not being taught this or not having the tools to do this and having to learn on OJT training without having sure. OJT training. And what what can come out of this, what I think can come out of here is just what you said. More of us, brothers and sisters in, in Christ, getting together and having some type of, you know, talk, conversation. Yeah. There's a, I don't know how many people are plugged into Facebook, but there's a, a thing, a, a uh, uh, 
group or whatever it's called on Facebook called the things they didn't teach us in seminary. Oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> and, and if you ever go back, if you, I took the time one, one day and just kind of read through that. Sure. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, you know, coming in post business world. Right. There are a lot of things I see different. Um, and I have those, those expertise already, but I think of my young brothers and sisters that are graduating out of seminary, like right now, yeah. just like two last week. Yeah. And what they're facing moving into uh, churches without having been given that structured style of leadership sure. and how to handle things. Well, I'll tell you, my life changed back, um, I'd say I'd say eight years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Right about the time I was getting here. Maybe it started even in Cameron before I got here to West Columbia. But um, I started reading corporate leadership books, mm-hmm. but doing so out of, well, with the lens of, the church right mm-hmm. like how could how can we take some of this back and and because the the corporate world has perfected it right apple knows how to run a board yes. you know well, we have a board like, mm-hmm. exactly. what could what could we glean from some of that maybe exactly. maybe it's not completely trans uh transitional but like maybe we could we could glean something so i mean that changed my life i mean my devotional time it's 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 craziest to hear but a lot of my devotional time is in corporate leadership books right saying god what are you teaching me right now what do you what do you want to what do you want me to learn from something like this Mm -hmm. so books like um blue ocean strategy i mean um books like well i think everybody's probably in their whole life have read good to great but um but but, you know like yeah i mean it's kind of the bible (laughs) for corporate you know but like you know, reading all those books, uh, the Toyota way. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! You know, what does lean manufacturing have to do with the church? Right, it's got a lot. to, a lot do, to with do with the church. church. A lot to do with Stephen church. F- so- Stephen F. Covey, the Seven Habits of Highly yes. Effective yes. People. I mean, yes. read the book. I mean, it just sure. it, it just tells you. I mean, you're going to be in a win win, uh, uh, a win lose, or lose win. Well, yeah. You're going to be in one of those four quadrants. But when you're in that quadrant, how do you work yourself through it? Yes. Now you have to read in the church language and see where the church fits yes. in all this. There's a great book. Um, I want to say Kimberly Scott, but I th- it's, it's written by, uh, I mean, it's, it's the title is radical candor. Mm-hmm. If we were to write that same book in the church, it would call uh, be called speaking truth and love. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, exactly. you know, it's the same exact thing, but gosh, it's transformational. When you see the, how powerful this stuff can be, mm-hmm. it, then it doesn't, is it lost in the church jargon stuff? It becomes real life rubber meets the road this is how we carry this stuff out in the world and um it's kind of powerful powerful moments like that so to take some of those things i mean you're talking about the quadrants i mean that's kind of the whole point of radical candor is where do you fall in these quadrants i mean i have i have taken in a sermon and drawn the coordinates out really so draw it on your bulletin (laughs) you know like like let's 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 see it you know and and you know of course you know we changed the language to fit to what we're we're preaching here but, Mm -hmm. but what does it mean to look at someone in love and tell them this isn't working. That's hard, but it's what we're called into. What we're called to do. It's what we're called to do. And so, you know, so to take that, I mean, that's, again, that's the point of us sitting down and having this conversation is because I guarantee you somebody out there is listening saying, I'm called to lead this congregation, but I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Or I kind of know what I'm doing, but I need to hear what other people are doing. And and, um, and so to have faithful conversation around what is your church doing during COVID? What is your church doing doing this? What are you? What did you learn through this process or that process? Or, or what does it mean to look at somebody in the face and preach the word to them where it sets them free to go out and be exactly what God created them to be? You said something uh, just a minute ago that said, you know, people are in these churches and they're wondering how to do these things. And the, the thing of it is, they don't know who to ask. 
Oh, that's right. They don't ask the questions. They try to figure it out themselves. And that that's what makes the journey long. That's what makes the journey frustrating. Yep. You know, you can't handle a particular situation that has arisen in your church and, and you're trying to figure it out when all you had to do is make a phone call. But no, sure. if I make that phone call and I call and ask Pastor Carl or Pastor Way, then they're going to start thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. Sure. It's not that you don't know what you're doing. It's the fact that you are smart enough to reach out for help to aid you in the situation so that you can make a good and informed decision and a way that will actually help you see to a resolution. The bottom line, and here I'm going to give away our secret, Carl. We don't really know what we're doing either. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> but here's what we're doing. We're saying we're not okay with that. Yeah. We're going to go figure it out. And I think what we're saying by gathering across the table like this is we're in this together. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, I don't know what to do in this situation. Oh, I don't know. I don't either. No. So, but But I guarantee you what you would do as a pastor what I would do as a pastor, what every roster leader and pastor and uh, deacon and council president would do in this situation this year listening to right now, they would walk with you. They'll say, I don't know, but we'll we'll go with you. I and tell we'll you figure what, it out. And I have had that happen Absolutely. to me. Uh, look here, Pascal. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either, but let's let's walk until we find out. That's right. Let's 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 find a solution. Yep. And you go to your corner, I go to my corner, we'll do some research and we'll come back together and we'll find a way to be able to fix it. And that just, that just happened. Yep. Yep. But people have to be willing to do that. They got to be willing to ask. They got to be willing to not know. Mm-hmm. And they've got to be okay with all of it. They got to be okay with that wilderness experience you talked about in the very beginning. Yes. We all have walked that path and it's scary and it's filled with all kinds of demons and all kinds of stuff. Um, Carl, I ran a, I ran a, my very first marathon, um, not this past Friday, Friday before. <laughs> yes, you did. And I was telling somebody, mile 20 mm-hmm. to 26, there are demons in those miles that I didn't know existed. Yeah. My, my earphones playing music went out at mile 20. Wow. I'd only ever ran 20. So that last six miles was just me and my thoughts. And it was dark. (laughs) It was a dark place. But there were people around, right? There were people around doing the same thing, figuring out the same way to go, figuring, you know, there were people at the end waiting on me to get there. There were, there's people around. Mm -hmm. That wilderness seems so lonely, but it's not. There are people going through it with you. That's right. And, you know, let's talk about something. Let's talk about a 26 mile marathon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what you want to know? Let's talk about the training mm. you had to do prior to that. I remember uh, a couple of weeks back, you posted on Facebook where you just started running and you ran to different churches. Yes, that was I mean, that was my best run. I loved that run. But, but you had to do what? You had to train. Yep. You had to continue to train. Even though sometimes the training was hard, the training was frustrating, you still had to train. You still had to persevere and go it, through it. It was painful. And painful. Yeah. And and. and and I'm saying that to, to draw a conclusion here at the end, but but then you, you, you went to the actual event. You ran that 20 miles. You got to mile 20, and you say your headphones went out, and, and nothing was going the way you had anticipated right. it to go. Listen. Welcome nothing, to life. Welcome to life. Nothing is going the way you had anticipated <laughs> it to go. But you knew that there was a point that you had to reach. And inside of you, you just kept fighting all of the demons that was going on inside your head and believe me believe me pastor way i know the demons that can get inside your head because when i was in the military sure uh uh, pastor carl was not a runner 
Yeah. And, and, and when we had to go on those runs, I had to fight <laughs> those demons that was in my head that wanted me to quit. And you know how I did it? I started thinking about food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started thinking about what my wife was going to cook, how I was going to taste. That's right. How I was going to pick up the fork, how I was going to put it in my mouth, <laughs> how succulent it was going to be as I was chewing it. And sooner or later, as I kept thinking about the food, the, the, the miles got shorter. Shorter, that's so, right. So, so I kind of understand what you're going through. And I bring all of that back to what we're talking about in leadership yep. and worship and word is that you have to train. Yep. And let me tell you the and and, and there there's I'm gonna continue the metaphor for a minute, but there was there was a time where I couldn't run a whole mile without stopping. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean there was there was a time in that training where a half a mile I was proud of myself. Mm-hmm. All right, I got that. And then but but you showed up the next day, right? And you, you went a little further and a little further and a little further and then to, to finish twenty six point two. And I keep telling people that point two <laughs> Don't forget that point too. Uh you know, but twenty six point two miles and and to look back over that whole time of training and saying, Look how far we came. Look yes. how, and we it was not Wade Roof running by myself mm-hmm. out there. It was a it was a friend, it was my buddy um Ben Vaughn mm-hmm. saying, I'm gonna run with you today. I mean it, that twenty miles I did to run to the different churches. Right. Uh the first ten I did on my own and then he showed up. He was like, By the way, I just I found you. I want to run the rest with you, and he ran the second ten with me, which made all the difference in the world, right? And um, I mean, it's it's those it's those guys coming alongside that says we're going to do this with you, and because we, we want to see you succeed, right? That's what we do in the church. And we, we come we come alongside each other, we do that well. And I can say I can from a personal standpoint that I've had multiple people, including yes. you, that have just walked with me because I mean. I walked into a whole new denomination, not sure. knowing anything. Sure, I mean, and I still don't know everything. And but but to have people to to walk with me in my training grounds, and those same people like you and many others that are walking with me now, that's what we need in leadership. Yes, we do, and that's the only way it gets handed down. Yes, you can read all the books you want to. Mm-hmm. You you'll get better a little bit here and there, but it's the people coming alongside. It's you coming back alongside me. And saying, you know, teaching me something through your preaching, teaching me something through, I mean, we can do this together. Mm-hmm. We can. And I see that as being one of the biggest demons we have in the church mm-hmm. is this idea that we are on islands, that we are, are competing with each other. And it's so sad to watch. Yeah, I'm thankful. I really am thankful to be in a place where, and you are too, um, we're almost equal distance from our churches to the seminary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right here in our backyard. It's... um. So, you know, the, the the resources that are there with the, the professors and the library and all that, um, the Senate office is not far away from us. Right. And, and and so we, we have some connections. And then, there, you know, there's more Lutheran churches on every corner around this area than, than other places. But, gosh, to be out in the middle of nowhere or to be in a place that's not historically Lutheran and to kind of be the one Lutheran church hundred miles away from everybody else you know how lonely an island that must be it, it i'm i'm in the northeast yeah i'm the only lutheran church in yeah the northeast. well that's true yes that's right <laughs> there's nobody around me but yet i still thrive mm-hmm. i thrive because i am still continuing to go out i went across the street 
Now we we're not talking about far into the community. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about just across the street of Hard Scrabble to the Waffle House. Yes, I've eaten at that Waffle House. I've gone into that Waffle House and I've just sit in there and have fellowship with the people. Yep. Man, where you work at? Right there. <laughs> I work right across the street. What? Yeah. You work across the street, you know, and 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 not trying to, you know, coax people into coming over there to to worship. Just right. just having a good time. And a couple of Sundays ago, one of the members told me that somebody walked out the Waffle House, walked across the street, propped up against one of the trees because we have service inside and outside, yeah. and just listened to the word. It all we have to do is do what Jesus says. <laughs> Go. We make it so complicated. We make it hard. Just go. <laughs> you don't have to go out there. And if you're not a preacher, you don't have to go preach. Just go share the word. Yep. You can share the word so easily. God bless you. Yep. Have a great day. Yep. God is good. All the and time. I, all the time. <laughs> God is good. You just it just happens. And and have a blessed day. Sharing. You don't have to go out and quote scripture and That's carry right. a Bible with you. Just go out there and say God loves you. I guarantee you. If we leave here today and each one of us go our different way and we just try to go, I say, God is good or, or God bless you or have a blessed day. Somebody's going to turn around and say, thank you. Yep. Because they needed to hear those words. To hear the, the word of God. That's it. You know, COVID has taught us a lot, I think. I hope. I hope we haven't missed it. Um, one of the things I've learned is what pure evangelism looks mm-hmm. like. Because we didn't want people sitting in the pew, right, during during our quarantine time, but we wanted to share the word. Yes. And so we found ways to get online. We found ways, and people that have not heard the word or have rejected the word or, or just were a little intimidated to get into the word started listening. And then you started looking on Facebook about when those things spiked, mm-hmm. right? You know, when did people tune in and tune out and all this kind of thing? The word. It's been the word. It's been the word. It's not been the singing necessarily, which we missed ter- terribly, and it hasn't been the the communion, which we missed terribly. It's been it's been the word. The word, and uh, and people have engaged it in ways that I think have changed them. And it it also taught us as a church that it's not about always bringing somebody in the pew. I think that's important. I think there is a place for that, mm-hmm. but that's not where the word comes in. That, there's other things that we do to do that. The, the word. That's what changes people's lives. God is a genius. <laughs> yes. Just, just going to say it and just going to put it out there. Because you know, just think, let's talk a minute before COVID. Before COVID even hit. Sure. We were in church. Everybody was coming to church. We was doing things in church. We was having fun in church. We were doing things. We were just really inside this wall doing our thing. Yep. In church. In here. Here comes COVID. Shakes and rattles and rolls. The whole thing tears down what we consider to be the church. This is the first time that church has ever closed. Think about that. It's the first time, and and I know my my 4,455 years on earth that <laughs> church has ever closed. Yeah. <laughs> but it closed, you know. And and we had to think of ways to be creative and, and God pushing us in a different direction to say it's not about being in the building. It's about spreading the word. Yeah. And now people all over the place tuning in on, on social media, listening to podcasts, listening to broadcasts, trying to get the word. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the word is needed. Why? Because we have taken God out of too many things mm. and God wants back in. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that door knock. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, I can't believe it. We're we're about fifty five minutes in. We're at an hour. I really? told you this is gonna go oh, fast. Man, oh I told you this is gonna go fast. And I know you got to get some places to get uh children picked up and all this kind of stuff yeah. too. So so just to kind of kind of end here to some degree, um I first want to say thank you. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate I'm going to ask in front of everybody so that I stay accountable. Uh, will you come back? Of course I will. Good, good, good. Because uh, uh, this has been fun, and this this could continue for hours to come, yeah. and I hope it will. Um, but I know you need to get some places. So um, plug your church. Where y'all, because I want people to hear your words. Yes, so, so, yes, so yes. Plug I'm yourself, at, I'm at, and I don't mean yourself. I mean how you're going to share God's word. I am at Living Springs Lutheran Church located in the beautiful Northeast Columbia, 4224 Hearts Gravel Road, Columbia, South Carolina, 29203. I'm telling you, that's the place to be. Come and hang out with me, Pastor Carl, as the word drops on you like you has never been dropped on you before. Trust me, it's not about me. It's about the word of God. That's right. Come out and have have a good time listen to us we have open uh we have turned our entire campus into a sanctuary we have worship inside where you have to wear masks we have worship on the lawns where you can sit in the chair we have worship in your car where you can hit on the radio and we got worship on facebook too on our youtube page so i'm telling you living springs innovative creative living beacon of god's hope yes talk about it yeah that's awesome um again thank you you're an awesome person you're an awesome pastor and you, i'm man. glad Appreciate to know it. you so um uh y'all connect with carl y'all connect also uh i do this every time y'all connect with um uh, Derek dove and the peacekeepers that's the music that was played at the beginning is about to be played a little bit now um he's a good friend of mine but he's an awesome awesome musician and his band is awesome there in south georgia they gave us uh, full permission to use their music and uh and we give thanks that they are doing that because they are just incredible uh, i'm gonna leave y'all with that and um i don't know bye for now <laughs>